On today's show, Carl Fisher talks to us about how we can avoid paying taxes by using our self-directed retirement accounts to invest in real estate and other alternative assets. So let's get right down to business. This is your host of the show, Joe Robert. Carl is one of the founders and principals of Kama Self-Directed IRA, headquartered in Ambler, PA. Carl has implemented plans and managed over $20 million in real estate and transactions. His real estate investments include commercial and residential properties, including real property, notes, and mortgages. He has been able to increase his personal net worth and control many endeavors with the self-directed tools available. And he's going to tell us how we can do that too. Let's just get right down to business. The Joe Robert Show. This, this is The Joe Robert Show. The Joe Robert Show. The Joe Robert Show. Carl, please start with giving us some background about yourself and how you started Plan. Hey, Joe, thanks uh, for inviting me to this interview today. And I was just trying to figure out, I think it's been almost a decade since we met, maybe longer. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the you know? help. Yeah, and I'm glad you've learned from us. And I know you've taken a lot of it to heart and it's uh, helped you out. So I do appreciate you inviting me here. Um, yeah, we started uh, Plan uh, back in 2003, my sister and I, uh, because we were investors and we saw how helpful it was to us, you know, building our wealth. And it was basically a tool for the very rich and nobody knew about it uh, back in um, the days. Yeah, so my, my dad died, as I was saying, my dad died in... Um, he died uh, land rich and cash poor. We needed to uh, make some payments. So I had to uh, go out and uh, finance uh, some properties. And lo and behold, the guy that financed the property had a self-directed IRA. And at the time I thought it was uh, neat, but I was dealing with other things. So I got the uh, my dad's estate under control and figured it out. And I went back to the guy and asked him if he would make this a long-term note. He said no, so I went to the bank and refinanced out of it and paid him back. And when I asked him why he wouldn't make it a note, he said, uh, I make 12% as a minimum, and that's what I charged you. And normally I'm making 18% on my money, so I don't, you know, I'm not going down to 6 or 7% as you suggested. And I said, all right. And I said, well, don't you have to get the money out on the street again? And he says, there's a lot more people borrowing money than lending it. So that doesn't take me any time. Then I asked him, I said, well, what about foreclosures? Aren't you worried about that? You know that mine's a clean deal. He says, no, I'm not worried about it. And in fact, I wanted to foreclose on you. And uh, so I started thinking about it and, and it, you know, changed my mindset a little bit. I always thought foreclosures would be bad, but you know, he made me understand that a foreclosure would have been good and he would have made a lot more money, especially on this property because it was like 30% loan to value. So I thought about it and then I said, well, I'm going to get into these self-directed IRAs. I was, you know, paying taxes. I was working. I had a lot of breaks at, uh, at that time. Uh, because I still had young kids and, and mortgages and things like that. But every year it was tacking up and I had to buy another property to do it. And uh, then I had to work all of the taxes, et cetera, and play, play the uh, appropriate uh, strategies to lower my taxes. I found this out. I looked at it, investigated it, and saw that it was a great wealth building tool. I thought it was too good to be true. It took me about two years to validate it because there wasn't any books on it or anything like mm. that. And I started working with a lot of uh, friends and family on it. And uh, my sister and I ended up starting uh, Plan because a lot of people asked us to because they trusted us and uh, we were transparent and we were helping them. So they said, hey, we want a company you know, built by investors, you know, for investors. And we said, well, who's better at it than us? You know, we are investors, we've been investors, and we've seen it, seen it from both sides now. So we started it, and my sister did a lot of the, the software associated with the company. And um, I was pushed into the sales, which was actually harder than what I thought, um, because a lot of it meant uh, we had to educate people on it because nobody had heard about it. 
So we were one of the pioneers, I think, that did a lot of the education. As you said, we helped you figure it out. Yeah. And what, uh, I guess at that point in time, did you guys have anyone to guide you and what direction to go? Or how did you know just all the legalities of getting the company rolling? Well, we started, you know, when I when I started it, I went to uh, Cornell University. And when I heard about the uh, gentleman that I borrowed money from in their IRA, I went back to Cornell, uh, to their library, tried to find information out. Um, I went uh, um, to the IRS, tried to find information out. All I got was uh, glimpses of a little bit of information. Uh, this was back in 1994 and 95, but then the internet came out and I started finding a little bit more. And then I uh, went around the country visiting people who knew about it and uh, figured out how it worked. Uh, and then we uh, hooked up with another company, Entrust uh, Group, uh, in 2004 and uh, basically became an affiliate and started with them. Uh, because they, you know, we were looking to set up our own company based on where we had it, and we partnered with them, and and that's how we basically got started, and we went national back in 2010 after we uh, left the Entrust Group. Gotcha. And for those that may not be familiar, what is the purpose of Camaplan? Basically, uh, what I call it is uh, we help people get true diversification with their qualified plans and help them uh, do wealth building. And primarily our uh, clients invest in uh, real estate, notes and mortgages, precious metals, and some private placements. So they have the true diversification of their funds versus if you go to uh, Fidelity or Vanguard or one of the big brokerage houses, uh, even if they tell you you have a self-directed IRA, you can only self-direct that in what they offer. Uh, we don't sell any. We don't sell any investments. So basically, you have to find your own. And if it's anything besides uh, life insurance policies or collectibles, uh, you can basically invest in them. So basically, anybody who wants to take control of their own retirement money and direct it into whatever investments that qualify, they're going to want to set up an account with you? Absolutely. That's Got that's it. the main thing. If they if they know it and they understand it and their uh, uh, expertise is in that field, then yeah, why shouldn't they make money off of it? And why shouldn't it be tax deferred or tax free? Got it. So we're, we help them do that. And what areas? Thanks for that question. What areas of uh, what areas do you service? The whole U.S. or where? Yeah, we we service. No, we service the whole United States. We've got clients in uh, every you know all fifty states. We have some military overseas and some uh, people that are in different countries. But uh, the, obviously, the majority of our clients are in the uh, fifty U.S. states. Got it. And so let's get into the importance of saving taxes. What, you know, how much taxes can, you know, these accounts save people over a lifetime? That's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, and it, what, what I want, what I always tell people is it's not how much you make, but what you get to keep. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. has a graduated tax scale or basically tax brackets, everybody knows, knows of them. And the more you make, the more they take. Uh, and that's with, uh, you know, what I call the four types of money. One is, you know, the W-2 or the 1099 income, which they take Social Security and Medicare. They take state, if you're in a state income tax, they take federal uh federal taxes from it and social security and Medicare, if I didn't, you know, already say that. So you have all of those taxes and most people don't understand that that that's there because people break it up. Oh, this is the federal tax. This is the um, state tax. This is the social security and Medicare. But when you put it all together, I would say most people are paying 30 to 40% you know, especially if you count what, what your employer is putting in with you, you know, it could be even more. If you're in California, you can add another 
you know, 13% to that probably. So that's kind of the first type of money. Then, of course, everybody knows about passive income. You know, that's interest on a CD or interest on a loan or rent that comes in, you know, royalties that come in on music or, or movies. Uh, and th that's good because it basically saves you 15% from the uh, Medicare and the Social Security tax. And then there's the what we call tax deferred accounts like the traditional IRAs and the uh, traditional 401ks uh, that are out there. And um, those are great because you get to not pay taxes on that money that you put in and you get anything that it earns, you don't pay taxes on. It's all tax deferred. So you get to keep using all that quote, taxed money that would be taken from you and in, in the type one money, you get to use it to keep investing it. The bad thing about it is at some point in time, you're going to take that out and uh, the IRS will make you take yeah. it out if you wait. You know, now that's at 72 years old, but you'll have to pay taxes on it. And I don't like the fact that I don't know what the tax rate's going to be when when that shows up. So I'm more in favor of the tax-free accounts, which I'm sure you've learned over the years working with me, such as the uh, Roth IRA, the Roth 401k, the uh, educational savings account. And by far, my favorite is the health savings account, which is tax-deductible when you make a contribution and tax-free when you take it out for medical expenses. Uh, there is no other... Uh, account type that that does that i mean the roth you pay the taxes going in but everything you make from then on for the rest of your life and 10 years after you die is going to be tax-free so to me that's one of one of my favorites and that's what i really think people should focus on and i think they should put that into their uh list of things to do if they don't already have a roth ira consider it look at it talk to us if they need some help on it, talk to their accountants. We'll do uh, conference calls with their accountants or their advisors, trying to show them, you know, when is the best time to have these types of accounts. How about just hitting on that health savings? I mean, how did, you know, how does someone, what, what, what can they apply those funds to? Well, <clears throat> that's, that's two questions. All right. Yeah. I, I think, cause I'm not sure what you mean, but, one is you make a contribution as long as you're not on Medicare uh, and you have earned income and you've got a high deductible health plan, uh, you can make a contribution to those plans. I think they're the greatest. I've been with them. The smart people I know use them. But basically, once you make that contribution and you get your tax deduction, number one, you can take it out immediately if you need to. We don't recommend that. But if you needed it for heart surgery or you needed it for eyeglasses or you needed it uh, for a massage or you needed it for, um, you know, cough medicine or prescription drugs, uh, there's a whole list and they're very liberal on what they allow you to use that gas to get to the hospital, family members, uh, eyeglasses, dentistry, all of those things you can use that money for. We like people if they can, if they don't have emergencies to keep that money and then invest it, right? Don't just leave it in an account that's making a tenth of a percent or nothing that Vanguard and Fidelity or any of the other providers give it to you. Go out, put it in a piece of real estate, lend that money, buy a note, buy a, buy a discounted note, have that be paying interest every month so that when you do have health costs, you can take that money out tax-free and spend it uh, either today or over over your lifetime. It doesn't matter. And the good thing is you don't lose it. Uh, if you don't use it, and if you do pay for your own medical expenses, keep a list of that. The reason you want to keep that list is because you can take that money out any year that you want and then attribute it to the costs over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years if you want. So you can choose to take that out or you can choose to let it grow, whichever your uh, best economic decision and financial decision is. 
So it has a lot, a lot of capability to build wealth Got and it. protect protect your health. That's great. And I guess Trump was able to lower the tax a little bit for everybody. But with all this stimulus going on, I mean, we keep saying at some point we do got to pay for it, right? So <laughs> in theory, we're going to have higher tax rates, whether it's now or 10 or 20 years. But more than likely, uh, the tax rates will be higher at some point to pay for all this. What's your thoughts there? Well, the tax rates I do think are going to go up, but you know, America figures out ways to kick the can down the road yeah. probably better than any other country in the world. Uh, the other thing that I see is they've got the interest rates, the lowest historically that they've ever been. The 10-year treasury, I think, is at 0.6 today. Uh, my concern is that they're going to go and basically lower interest rates and possibly go negative like some of the rest of the world does. And if you go with negative interest rates, I think it hurts savers. But the other thing that it does is it's, it's you know, almost a, a synonym for uh, debt forgiveness. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, right now you have to know that your dollar will not buy as much uh, tomorrow as it does today because of the trillions of dollars they're putting out there. They're basically diluting the dollar as we sit and talk here today. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, you know, just easy, basic economics that I think grade school people could understand. The more money you print, the less valuable it is. And so how also how can people utilize these retirement accounts for family legacy or leaving behind for inheritance purposes? Um, that's a great, great question. And I'm going to answer it in a minute because a lot of people do do it, but the law changed in, in, uh, 1231 of 2019 that, uh, where you were able to pass your Roth IRA, down to your heirs, and you could almost get a century out of that. They called that the stretch IRA, mm -hmm. and you could pass it to your kids or even your grandkids. And let's say I've had my IRA since I was, uh, you know, my Roth IRA since uh, 2000. So it's already 20 years old. And if I um, live for another 20 years, I'll have it for 40 years. Uh, and then give it to my grandkids who will then be in their 20s years old and they have it for another 60 years, you can see it's easy for a century. Uh, and that's what I was hoping to do for building a legacy yeah. and, and using it for education uh, with the educational savings accounts, et cetera. Um, but the Roth IRA law changed with the traditional IRA that 10 years after I die, my kids or grandkids have to take whatever money's in that account and it will no longer grow uh, tax-free for them. So they'll be able to use it for 10 years, uh, but it, not, not for their lifetime. So I'm out looking at different things like charitable remainder trusts and different ways to uh, provide that tax-free. Uh, you know, you're talking about how are they going to pay the taxes. If you look today's uh, you know, the death tax yep. or estate, estate tax is $11 million, uh, you know, almost $12 million. Per um, couple, right? Well, it's, you know, it's $23 million per couple, oh. eleven five per person. Um, so $23 million per couple. But guess what? It can go back to 600000 or <laughs> $6 million, you know, with a stroke of a pen. Right? And it's not that funny because, I mean, since I've been alive, there's only been one year where there wasn't any estate tax, you know, and I thought about dying that year, but I didn't like that option. Do, do um, you think, do you think like the stretch IRA can ever be, would ever be reenacted or brought back? Or do you think that's going to be a pretty permanent thing? Or do you think another uh, party or somebody may try to revoke that? No, I mean, I, I doubt it just because it passed the, uh, um, Congress, you know, only three of the congressmen voted against it and not many of the senators did either. So, that, so, but I don't think they really understood it. Um, 
most people don't understand the power of the Roth IRA. If you go to a bank and you, you know, and they're looking to give you a loan and you tell them you have a retirement fund, here's what you've got in them, you get no extra credit for having it in a Roth IRA, although that Roth IRA in most cases is 20, 30, 40, 50 percent more valuable than a traditional IRA. Um, so I don't think a lot of people understood it. It was, you know, basically for the people that take the time uh, to do that study and, and the very wealthy who were able to get into the Roth IRAs fairly easily after 2010. So yeah. I, doubt it'll, I doubt it'll be turned around. But something else might happen that they put in its place. But I doubt it. I think, you know, somebody's going to have to pay those taxes. Yeah. And taking away from a guy that's been dead for 10 years is a lot different than taking it away from somebody who's alive. So I just think it's that way. And then, you know, my grandkids will go, oh, that's just the way it is, you know. As you can see, the difference in medicine today, well, maybe you can't, you're still young, you and your wife and then your kids, you, you, you know, you, you, you got a, you got a long time to get there, but it's definitely different from when I was a kid and you could talk to your doctor and, and, you know, get your prescriptions and, and set up your appointments without going through a bean counter at the insurance company. All right. Well, let's get into the account types, right? What are the different account types that you could set up as a self-directed <clears throat> account? Well, we talked a little bit about it, right? There's the traditional and the Roth, which yeah. I call our personal accounts, and they have contribution limits of six to $7,000 each. Also with that, if your kids are earning money, uh, you know, and have earned income, they can contribute up to six or 7,000, well, 6,000, because obviously they're going to be young. And if you have a spouse, uh, they can also have an account as long as you make uh, earned income enough for them to put in there. So I like those two accounts. I think everybody should have those no matter uh, what they're doing as long as they have earned income. Uh, the, the next one is what I call the SEP or the simple IRA, and those are for businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the SEP IRA lets uh, you take, uh, depending on your age, fifty or fifty-five or sixty thousand dollars, and put it aside with uh, between you and your company. Um, and the SEP or the simple IRA lets you uh, put, you know, less than twenty thousand, depending on on your company and how much you're matching, et cetera. Um, so those two, th those accounts, I think are good. I think everybody should try to have those if possible, have your personal one, then have one with your company. Obviously everybody knows the 401k, but not everybody understands that the 401k can have both a Roth component and a traditional component, you know, pre-tax and post-tax. So uh, if you've got a business, uh, think about that. Again, those can put in fifty-five to 60000 depending on how much you're making. Uh, we use it at Camaplan. We like it. We want our employees to have them. So uh, we have 401k. And then there's defined um, uh, benefit uh, um, plans uh, that are out there that you can get up to $250,000 in. A lot of people call them qualified retirement plans. Um, and it's uh, a 401k with a uh, qualified retirement plan or a defined benefit plan added to it. Um, so those are good. And then my favorite, which we talked about, was the health savings account, uh, where if you have a high deductible health plan, you should definitely look into this. If you're paying your own insurance, it's a no-brainer to go get these because your premiums go down. Most businesses um, I know of are using them as well. Uh, you know, the smart people have them for themselves and they're passing them along to their, um, they're passing them along to their employees. And then one of my other uh, ones that are out there is what's called the Coverdell Education Savings Account which allows you to put $2,000 in every year for each kid. And all of these accounts that I'm talking about, you know, can invest in real estate, can invest in notes 
rates and mortgages, which you know a lot about, can invest in private REITs, private companies, uh, limited partnerships, uh, et cetera, and precious metals. Uh, we've even had some people invest in uh, llamas and uh, <laughs> sports tickets and things like that and personal property. So there's a lot that can be done uh, um, with these, with these types of accounts. So on the, on the traditional accounts, typically who, you know, who's a match for that or what are some certain income levels? How does somebody know that that's the route for them to go? Um, well, let me, the way I'd like to answer that Joe is I'd like to compare the Roth to the traditional. Okay. And the Roth, I usually have, uh, uh, you know, I've been using this for a lot of years as you pay the tax on the seeds and not on the crops. And what you're, what you're bringing up is when do I have a traditional and when do I have a, have a Roth? Um, as an example, if, you know, when your kids are seven, eight, nine, 10, 12, whatever, and they can actually do work and you can pay them $6,000, uh, they, have an exemption from federal tax up to $12,000 now. So they'll actually pay no tax. So if you're a young kid or even a kid in college, your tax rate is so low, I would definitely tell you to put that money in a Roth. Uh, once you get out of college, you get married, you have some kids, you have a house, you got a lot of deductions, uh, your tax rate is low still. I would think at that point, I suggest people put their money in a Roth because all that money is generating. Everything it generates is tax free. And Got guess it. what? Anything you put into it is just like a savings account. And you can take that money out anytime you need it. Even if you're not 59 and a half in a Roth IRA, there's no tax, there's no penalty, nothing. So I'm, bias towards the Roth IRA. And I'm going to tell you, you know, it's almost always best to do that. Now, that said, the tax accountants are always saying, take the break, take the break, take Ooh. the break, pay the taxes, you know, the at the latest that you can, yeah. you know, always, always defer, defer, defer. So um, if you're somebody, let's say in your fifties, your kids are out of the house, you have your house paid off. Um, you're making a lot of money. Uh, now, maybe you want to put that in a traditional account so that you can save the taxes now. And it's a significant amount because your deductions are down. Um, your kids are, are off your off your payroll um, and you're not paying much interest and you're making a big salary. So at that point, yeah, maybe that's, that's the time to have a traditional account, especially if you're going to leave your company uh, drop your salary. And then at that point, I'd say start converting uh, your traditional to a Roth uh, before you need it. Uh, because the other side is after you die, nobody can convert that to a Roth. So I've even talked to uh, some of the some of our clients about that, you know, whose tax rates going to be more when you pass yours or your kids. If your kids are going to be less than you, then yeah, maybe leave it in the traditional and they can pay the tax on it. But if your kids are, are now making more money and you're in a, in a better position, have, pay the tax now, even ask the kids to pay it for you because ultimately it's going to be their, their money. So it's just, you know, I, I can't give you a solid answer for every person. Uh, but one of the things that are, that's out there is, um, in my generation, the baby boomers, uh, a lot of them have kids moving back into them and a lot of them are taking care of their parents, um, you know, who do, don't have, uh, big retirement plans and, uh, IRAs and 401ks. So the baby boomers are getting hit from both sides and their main, main thought process should be, hey, I've got to make sure that I've got enough money because I don't want to become a burden to my kids going, you know, going forward. So people have asked me, should I spend my money on my kids' education? I said, no, take a loan on the education. Um, make sure you've got your retirement taken care of because you don't want your kids having to 
um, do that, you can always work and pay off their student loans. And it's a, and at, you know, at this point, there's a higher probability the government might wipe some loans for people, right? <laughs> yeah, for student loans. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, yeah. You, ne you never know, but you know, education is definitely very important, and I don't want to do it, but I would say get a loan for that versus get a loan for your retirement plan. Make sure you're good. That's the first thing. Then you can help others. So what is, for the people that don't have an account there and they, they have accounts sitting at uh, Vanguard, Fidelity, or any of these where, you know, it's managed by an institution, how, you know, what does that process typically look like to be able to get started with you? Uh, that's that's real simple. You go to camaplan.com, and obviously that's a great question uh, for us, Joe. You go to camaplan.com right on the first page. Uh, you can look at it at our site. You can look at, look a lot about us. We have a due diligence page uh, under Why Camo Plan. Uh, you'll see a lot of education there. But to answer your question, simply is go up to where it says Open an account. It's a green tab on the uh, upper right hand corner of the screen. Click on that. You can do it uh, the old fashioned way with paper, or you can do it right online. Uh, and then you can transfer money and we'll go out to Vanguard or Fidelity or where your brokerage house is and get that transfer. And you can transfer all of it or you can transfer some of it. And I always, you know, when I first got into it, I, you know, it sounded too good to be true, as I told you. So I transferred over a little bit of money and tried it on a couple of deals and found out how good it was. And um, I, uh, you know, took all my money out of the market and put it under my control. Uh, and I've, you know, I've never looked back since I want to have that money. I want my money working as hard for me as I work for money. So when it comes to um, investments, what are, is there any restrictions to the traditional and the Roth IRA accounts? Um, well, they're the, uh, there's no, no restriction between the two. Um, you know, any restrictions that are out there, are identified by the IRS, and we talked about that. Uh, the IRAs, no matter what type it is, can't invest in life insurance, whether it's yours or somebody else's. Now, there are people who invest in um, limited liability companies that buy life insurance policies, and that looks like it's a loophole uh, in the tax, and the IRS has not gone after any of them and has actually come out uh, in some fashion and said that it was okay. But the, uh, um, you know, things like collectibles, like stamps, cars, um, butterflies, coins, uh, those things cannot be um, uh, bought in your IRA. Newsmatic coins. Uh, some of the precious metals can be in coins, but they... Uh, you know, call our office and we'll give you a list of them or check with the IRS publication and you'll find them. All right. And now getting into the uh, a solo 401k, right? Who is that? Uh, what 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 is the person that that counts good for? Um, well, number one, you need to have a business. Okay. If you have a business where you have earned income, then a solo 401k which we talked about a little bit earlier, it's a, it's equivalent to a SEP primarily, uh, except it has a couple of better features in it, I think, than a SEP. And I would choose the solo 401k uh, to um, use over a SEP in most cases. Uh, one of the reasons I, I, I do that is because the first 18,000 of salary you make, if that's all you make, you can defer all of that into the 401k. Uh, and you can get the same amount into it. Um, so if you have your own business, you don't have any employees, um, and you don't expect to have any employees, you'd be a candidate for the solo 401k. Now, once you're a candidate for the solo 401k, you have two choices. One is to do the whole thing yourself, uh, which we provide the, the paperwork for you uh, for $300 a year. And basically, you open up your own company 401k checking account and you write the checks and you keep everything 
uh, um, that the 401k plan buys in a separate account and bookkeep very well. And that's all it costs you is $300 a year. The other way is for us to do the bookkeeping. You don't have a bank account. You still sign all of the papers. Uh, but we basically use Camaplan as the holding company. And we go through the uh, uh, paperwork and, and process it for you and file it and do basically the bookkeeping for the plan. Some people that are good for bookkeeping can do it on their own. Others that aren't good at bookkeeping, I would say, uh, you know, pay us to do that. Yeah. Most, most, most small business entrepreneurs uh, I've seen are not good at bookkeeping, not good at keeping that organized. So it's probably best to pay you, correct? Yeah. I mean, or, you know, your bookkeeper or, you know, we've seen people use their accountants for it. Um, but then you're responsible to make sure you don't have any prohibited transactions. You're also responsible for the 5,500, which is the tax return for okay. the 401k and any other, uh, you know, administrator stuff. All right. We have a question from uh, David Gunn. He has a small LLC. He opened a SEP in 2019. His question is in reference to something he said earlier. Can I have a personal account and a business one open to save more? Um, yes, you can definitely have a SEP account, which your business contributes to, and you can have a personal account. Like I talked to, uh, you know, the traditional or Roth account, um, you know, with your SEP. So yes, you can put, you know, as an example, let's say you put 55,000 in your SEP, uh, you could put, you could still put, you know, another 6,000 into your traditional IRA as well. Okay. And another question I've seen, let's say I'm a self-employed uh, entrepreneur. I have earned income, no employees in the U.S., but I have remote VA contractors in the Philippines. Do I still qualify for the solo 401k? Well, you're talking, you're talking contractors, 1099s. Yep. If it's 1099s, they're not W-2 employees. You're not paying Social Security and Medicare. So the answer is yes, you would still, still a, a apply for that all right and then when it comes to the solo 401k how does uh how does that work with investing in real estate and utilizing debt and non-recourse um all right if you have a solo 401k uh if you invested in real estate it's going to be in the name of your 401k joe roberts company 401k will be be the vested interest in there uh, you still cannot sign uh, on the note personally. It has to be a non-recourse loan. If you have a non-recourse loan uh, in a 401k, in most instances, it is um, you don't pay unrelated business income tax or what they call unrelated debt financed income in that uh, if you, you know, that you would pay in an IRA. If you have it in an IRA and you're uh, buying Section 8 properties, you don't pay the uh, uh, UDFI either. But uh, if you're buying just regular rental property or a commercial building or something like that, you'd have to pay what they call unrelated debt financed income, which can get pretty heavy at times. But if you're making a lot of money, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not there. Or if, you're, or if you're in the top tax bracket, it's not uh, that, that much bigger of a deal. But if you have the choice, I would go with the 401k. For, for especially for real estate related. Yeah, especially for real estate related, uh, you know, over the SEP. Got um, it. But you still can't do, you still can't buy a business in there. I mean, if you buy a business um, in your 401k, you're still going to pay the uh, unrelated business income tax. You know, if I went out and bought a Rita's Ice, I did that. But if I went out and bought a commercial building and put a note on it, I wouldn't do it. But again, it still has to be non-recourse. Now, it's been some years, but I believe back uh, when we had the office, we had a self-directed company 401k. Does that sound right? Yep. Because we had one with you, and that was back in like 12 or 13. So it's been a while. And uh, can you tell us a little bit more information about that for those that maybe have small offices or want to have control of their where their retirement money is going? 
Well, I think at that point in time, there was, you know, two or three partners in your company yeah. that were all owners of the company and you had a company plan. And basically, even though it was called a solo, um, you know, and this goes for husband and wife also, but if you're all partners, you can still have a solo company plan and there's two ways of doing it, right? You can have each individual person's uh, contributions booked separately, um, or you can keep it all in into one plan and then the uh, managers of that business or whoever you put in charge of investing it would do it and everything would be uh, uh, just in one plan. And doing that, all the partners would be invested in all of the investments versus Joe picking this one, Joe's wife picking another one, and Joe's other partner picking C. Okay. Um, if that makes sense to you. I mean, there's a lot of options, and you should really talk to people and, and you know, talk to your advisors and, you know, maybe have a conference call with us on theirs, you know, what's the best way to do it. And everybody does it differently and there isn't any right answer. And from a asset protection, is there any recommendation or your own opinion, we'll call it, uh, of which one you like best? Um, well, IRAs uh, are a little bit better uh, than solo 401ks. Uh, both are great. Um, the reason solo 401ks don't fall under ERISA laws, um, but there are a lot of federal and state laws that protect IRAs. If you have employees, it, you know, you can still self-direct with employees if the boss puts an amendment in there to do it. Um, it just is, there's, you know, it's a little more expensive because there's testing, et cetera, and it is ERISA protected. But um, uh, I think all of those plans are are good from an asset protection standpoint. Once you have um, <clears throat> over a, a million or two, depending on what state you're in, uh, you could get into a question of uh, living standards and you know how much of that is that is there. But so far, I haven't seen anybody take that up, uh, you know, in court. So I love the IRAs. And as I said before, if you have a savings account, turn it into a Roth IRA because you can take that money out. And if it's in a Roth IRA, uh, it's not going to be taken by the lawyers or by the, by the creditors. Whereas if you had a savings account, it would be. So you basically get free um, asset protection by putting your savings accounts into Roth IRAs. Hmm. That's and good, right? Same capability. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great. Where does someone like where does somebody go to get legal advice in regards to how they're going to set up accounts or certain deals they're going to do? Well, obviously, I would start out with your estate planner or your attorney. Uh, a lot of people start out with their uh, accountants, um, but again, accountants are good for accounting and financial matters. I think you want an attorney for legal matters and asset protection. Your your accountant is not going to support you in court uh, or represent you in court when uh, when you get sued. You'll have to have an attorney for that. So there's a lot of attorneys out there. I mean, Wayne Kerr is in the in the Jersey area. Jeff Watson's uh, uh, up in uh, um, Ohio area. John Heyer is down in um, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, so, so there's, there's guys all over the place. There's books on it. I, we may even have a couple of webinars on our site for it, but, uh, again, get, get your trusted advisors and, you know, everybody's using zoom or Streamyard. I'll give them <laughs> for, for what you're doing. So I think, you know, you can set, set these meetings up because they're getting better and better. Um, that, that, you know, that's one thing I've seen come out of this pandemic, um, so you can grab people on here and pay people, uh, you know, for a half hour of their time to, you know, or an hour of their time to discuss what they think is best from you. Because I think you want all of those people in there because there's tax questions, asset protection questions, uh, different types of account fees, et cetera, associated with it. Get them all together and see what, what uh, they come up with for your uh, 
comprehensive uh, plan. Yeah, I used does that uh, make sense. Yeah, it does. And I used Wayne Kerr last year to do a few things for me uh, in regards <laughs> to the retirement accounts, and it worked out very well. So, um, you know, appreciate that. Where you know, as people are going through their journey, what is the best way for them to get more information or get further education? Well, of course, go to camaplan.com and look at our uh, go, go to our academy. But uh, hey, uh, in, in all seriousness, we do have a lot of good information there. Um, Two, I think you, there's a couple of books out there on the subject. You can research it. You can read articles. But one of the things I always ask people is, you know, check with our office. Uh, talk to us. We have probably one of the best educated staff. Um, in the country, uh, and our service, I think, is uh, second to none. So call in and ask, um, you, you know, for any of those people to be in on the calls with your uh, um, trusted advisors. We can't give advice, but uh, we do teach a lot of accountants and, and attorneys, uh, we, you know, their continuing education when they want to know about self-direction. A lot of them come to us with those questions. Uh, but there are there are still some gray areas, but I always tell people, let's look at it, uh, go into it one step at a time. You, don't, you know, this isn't something you have to jump into. Open one account, see how it works, see if it's, see if it's for you, see if it's uh, something you'll like. I think you did that when you first yeah. started, Joe, and yeah. you had a bunch of questions. And I think that advice was good 10 years ago. Yeah. Do, so do, are you holding uh, virtual classes on a monthly basis now through Camaplan or setting that up? Or what are you guys doing um, right now? We, we, we do have virtual classes um, and we have videos that are recorded that you can okay. look at anytime 24-7 out there. Uh, we have 101 classes where, you know, you can always, you know, follow us on Facebook. I think we've got an Instagram page. We've got a YouTube channel. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not that good at those, but the people that, that are in my <laughs> office um, are, are making it better and better. And, and obviously I'm instilling my, my years of knowledge in real estate and using self-directed IRAs and trying to educate our, um, our clients and prospective clients. We want them to make make good decisions and, and have the right data. And there's a lot of incomplete uh, data out there um, on different things that people do. And then they come to us to help them fix a prohibited uh, transaction. Got sometimes it. we can, sometimes we can't. And why do you think uh, self-directed accounts or retirement accounts aren't taught more in detail or even at all through going through the school system? Huh? Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I have my own theory on it, but, uh, let's face it. I think schools teach you to be good citizens and good employees. Got it. Um, I'm not sure they teach you to be good entrepreneurs unless you pick it and you force your way through, uh, down that thing. And secondly, if you think about it, teachers are working for the government, right? They don't have they don't have the jobs. They're not entrepreneurs, so they're teaching from their own personal base. And I don't think it's intended to be harmful to you because I love a lot of my teachers and I'm happy for what they taught me. And it's one of the reasons I'm where I am today. But I just don't think that they see that, right? I mean, teachers and firefighters, first responders um, in the real estate business, they get um, preferential treatment. Uh, and they get discounts and there's advertisements for that. And mainly the landlords like it because they're hardly ever going to lose their job. They're in very stable jobs. They pay, they've learned, they've learned to pay on time and, and work their way right down, down the system, but they haven't been trained to take risk and, and, um, you know, like an entrepreneur will. So it's, uh, um, one of those things. And, and I just don't think they teach the basics of tax in school. Um, I mean, when I was, you know, at an Ivy League college and I took economics on some of the tests, they said disregard taxes. I just wish once the government would tell me just one time, 
disregard taxes. Ooh. You know, just you know, <laughs> twenty twenty, you don't have to pay any taxes, no matter what, right? It's never happened. So I just think it's it's uh, you know, it's not a priority out there. Uh, people are learning a skill; they're learning social skills. Um, and do you think it'll know. take? Do you think it'll take uh, teachers and you know maybe their pensions and certain things to blow up before more people at scale get you know are more aware of these self-directed accounts and start making their own decisions instead of letting uh, Wall Street manage all their money and take it, all the fees out? Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, there's certain people we uh, we obviously have more entrepreneurs. Um, that are doing what we're doing. We get a lot of, you know, engineers, you know, from the aerospace and, and um, from uh, the big pharma people that have big 401ks and get laid off that want to have that control. Um, so your, your answer, the answer to your question, I don't know what's going to, going to change it. I mean, they see their 401ks turn into 201ks um, like they did, you know, last month. Um, you know, you have these black swan pandemics and things like that, um, that can be a, uh, um, you know, something that, that should wake them up to that extent to where they have control. And I think one, you should have control over your health care and two, over your finances. Uh, you shouldn't just leave it to somebody, uh, to take care of that. And if you don't believe me, talk to some doctors and dentists because, They've put their funds in there. They say, hey, I got to keep abreast of all the new drugs and procedures and technologies in my field. I don't have time to manage my money. And then when it's time for them to take it, uh, you know, it's, it's not where they thought it would be. So we get a lot of those in, in later life. And I would say the sooner you did this, the better off you do it. And by the way, you don't have to do it with all of it. You know, again, just try a little bit out of it. But for me, I don't think anybody watches your money better than you do. Yep. <clears throat> take so a little bit I'm out of it. on you all the time. Yeah, take some out, put in another account, put in a self-directed account, and then use your self-directed account and see if you can outpace Wall Street managing your money, right? And then once you exactly, and then, exactly. <laughs> that's it. And then once you see that you could do a better job, then you can move the rest over once you have that experience. Yeah, and when you, you and you'll learn a whole new, you know, you'll learn a whole new um, venue to operate in. Right. I mean, you, you've seen, I mean, nobody knew what discounted notes were, yeah. <laughs> you know, until uh, 2009 and 10. Yeah. You know, and I thought what, what you and Dave Van Horn were doing was crazy. Um, you know, and then I watched it over the years and I'm kind of go, I'm amazed you guys were great. It was interesting. I mean, it was something that we never, I, I mean, look, I guess until about 10 years ago, I never really heard of these self-directed retirement accounts, discounted notes or anything that I came into. And that was just really a, a lack of education out there. And so therefore, um, what, what are you but seeing? It's, yeah. it's one of your mainstays stays yeah. now, right? You wouldn't yep. do anything without them. Yeah. I'm, I'm very uh, focused on being tax efficient as, as best as possible. Cool. What um, what are the types of investments are you seeing clients in 2020, you know, moving their money to, you know, maybe with COVID? What what are people planning to do at these times? Um, well, a lot of people are definitely getting ready. They're putting cash, uh, getting cash available. Um, there's some that are going into life settlements. Um, there are some that are looking at businesses, uh, you know, shares in businesses uh, that may be folding as a result of, of right. COVID. There's uh, the um, rehab lending has pretty much dried up from all the big uh, uh, rehab lenders. Uh, the banks are tightening uh, their restrictions on people who were laid off or business owners who had to close. I've seen some of those loans um, uh, you know, even though they had commitments, were pulled back and said, hey, you know, we, we don't think you can make your payment. So I do think there'll be a lot of lending that will be going on out there. I think that there will be uh, um, different businesses, and I think there'll be new businesses and new products that'll come out of um, this environment. I don't know what they are yet, but everybody's keeping their 
um, ear to the ground and reviewing the data that that's um, that's going on. I don't know. Were you on uh, the call that Camo sponsored with Dave Steck? Uh, Week I think ago I've seen one. So. And there, do you have two of them? I was on one maybe yeah. a couple weeks ago. The first one maybe? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. So, you know, uh, and he's doing another class on getting people ready to be in the lending space because he thinks, uh, you know, the, the banks are inundated with the SBA loans right now, and that's fees that they're making up from not making other loans. So, um, you know, I just think there's going to be opportunities. Uh, like you said in the beginning of our discussion, uh, you're going to sit back and wait and see how long, how much, where, and when will things uh, get back to the new normal. How, how will people's uh, investing habits change? Um, well, I mean, you're going to have to, one, think of the time value of money. I mean, if you borrow money now, you know, at a low interest rate for a long for a long term, let's say a 30 year mortgage, just think how um, devalued that dollar is going to be and how much you're, you know, how much less you're going to be paying back as a result. So um, you can go out and get a long term loan. I think uh, you'll be looking really, really good paying that, that back with a low interest rate. Um, I think savers, uh, you know, with CDs, you know, is not going to make a difference in their life. I think we're in for a long haul, you know, not that I have a crystal ball that's any good, but I do think we're going to be in a long haul for low interest rates. Um, I think, I think that'll put it, push inflation up. So I'm going to probably move to have, uh, assets instead of cash somewhere along these lines and gold is very liquid and you've seen how gold and precious metals have gone up. Um, you know, since January, uh, well, actually for the last year, but since January really popped it up there because everybody can see the dollar devaluing in front of their eyes. So you think it's going to be important to take on debt at these low interest rates just to keep up with, uh, you know, the market and returns over the next decade? Yeah, I think, you know, I think, you know, think about negative interest. What's that going to yeah. do if you put, you know, a hundred thousand in the bank and they give you 99,000 back, you know, <laughs> you know, wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather put that in, in a piece of land that you might be able to sell for 110,000 or a piece of gold, you know, or, a you know, something out there, a rocking chair, you know, whatever, uh, you know, but if it starts to go negative, there, you know, when you look at what's happened overseas and those things, they've just bought properties in the United States just for the appreciation on the properties, even if they didn't rent them. Yeah, you know, which is which has kept our real estate market high. And and that's kind of uh, going into the good debt versus the bad debt, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, I I took out a lot of uh, equity lines, and I and I pulled them at this point in time just because I didn't want the banks to get rid of them on me. Just like they did back in 2000s where they stripped everybody's line of credit. <laughs> exactly. So I not only took the credit, but I put it in a different spot so that they can't take it back. <laughs> um, That's good. And so what other, you know, from this whole COVID thing, what, what other, you know, positive things or, you know, some good things that you see are going to come out on the other side when it comes to the investing uh, marketplace? Well, um, I think everything goes in cycles. Uh, you know, we come from a long line of survivors, everybody that's here. Uh, we're going to have to adapt. I think it's too early to uh, um, predict. We've got an election this year as well. Um, and we don't know when and where this thing's going to stop and how it's going to affect things in the future. And will we have a different virus every year from now? Now that we know it, or is everybody going to be looking in October? Oh, what's the virus flavor for this year? Um, so I, I really can't answer that question, but I'll be glad to do a uh, another interview with you in six months. Yeah, uh, follow up to see what post yeah. post COVID, or maybe we'll still be in some kind of lockdown for <laughs> yeah. a second round, right? Right, exactly. So I mean, I you know, just just watch what you watch what you're doing. Look to buy smart things. Um, you know, maybe now is the time to get back into the stock market. I'd never thought I'd put those words there. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, but, but I, I like real estate. I like tangible assets. Everybody still needs them. You know, they got to go to church. They got to play. They got to stay. They got to eat. They got to sleep. They got to work. Um, I think that, you know, if I wasn't, if I wasn't going to invest in, in certain things, I wouldn't invest in the big senior living facilities or nursing homes, right? I think that that came out of this as, as one of the not so good places to work and not so good places to be if you're in this situation. Maybe those are going to turn into, you know, modules of, you know, five or six people or less than 10 people in, in a place and you'll have more places. Um, so I think you, you, you just want to look at some of the things that didn't fare well in this environment and uh, some of the things that, um, you know, will do do better post, post-COVID, and I'm still coming up, up with that list. And what, in, in regards to just health, I know, you know, a lot of people are worried moving forward and protecting their health. What, what is your thought there? And do you think people come out of this and be more conscious of what they're doing on daily habits? Um, I do. And I think it's going to be a big boon for, you know, I don't, the, the concierge doctors like MD VIP and, and things like that. Uh, because I think people realize that they couldn't get a hold of their doctors too easily. Um, some of the doctor's offices closed. Um, you know, some doctors were at the hospitals. Nobody really wanted to see their doctors um, because they didn't know if they were infected by somebody else. So I do think you'll have more online doctor, you know, that pay the doctor as you go type of thing. Um, that might be a good industry to get into. But I do think the whole healthcare industry is is going to change um, a certain amount. Um, you know, the whole ventilator deal, yeah. uh, you know, ba- basically the rest of the country seemed like they were buying ventilators for New York City um, because their residents didn't pay enough taxes or their politicians didn't buy the machines and bought something else. I don't know if they're going to make illegal immigrants get vaccinations. Um, you know, I don't, there's so many things that are out there that, that are coming over the news. And I don't think it's, I think each, each person presenting the news is trying to create a position to either, you know, push the Democrats or the Republicans ahead. And I don't, you know, they're, they're not reporting all the news they're reporting what, what they want and, hate to say it, but there's a lot of fake news out there on, on both sides and it makes it hard to understand what it is, but as time goes on, we'll see it. You know, the truth will come out because there's too much social media for them to control everything. Yeah. What do you, I'm sure, you know, growing up that has changed massively, right? I mean, just oh, yeah. uh, no one knows how to find out the real truth these days on anything or where to get the right information or how to get the you know, legal or the right curated info. Well, it's definitely, it's definitely not on the mainstream media. It's not on the TV channels that are out there, right? Uh, you can start find finding people and following people who are presenting facts, you know, that don't have an agenda, a political agenda. And I think those are, are some of the better people, uh, to be following. Um, but again, a lot of that is still in the government and you don't know if it's being, jimmied with before it's being presented but people will retire and the truth you know generally will come out well i hope you stay safe and uh, enjoy your stay down in florida and definitely would like to follow back up in about six months continue the conversation what's going on in the market see where the opportunity is right and for, absolutely. and for anybody who wants to you know take control of their investments and uh, move into the tax-free realm you know give us that info again where they could find you Go to camaplan.com, C-A-M-A-P-L-A-N.com, and we will um, be glad to uh, help them. Uh, check out our website, get a hold of an account executive, set up an appointment, uh, you know, either Zoom or on the phone. And uh, if you can't get your answers from uh, our great staff, then uh, just tell them you want to talk to me and we'll set up a special meeting. Thank you, Carl, for coming on. Thank you. And, uh, you know, everybody, thank you for joining us today. 
and also having Carl here tomorrow at 1230, same time. We're going to have another special guest from Puerto Rico, uh, Giovanni, and he's going to also discuss taxes and residing in the Caribbean. Thank you very much. Love it. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks for listening to The Joe Roberts Show. Take these tips and insights that you can use to help grow your own personal wealth and share them with a friend that could also benefit. Don't miss a single episode or updates. Subscribe to our email list at joerobert.com. And as always, keep pushing yourself towards a more impactful life. The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show.